this is Carrie with Fullerton Professional Organizing and I'm going to talk to you today about how hard it is to get rid of sentimental items and uh, the two presenters that I listened to on this subject are Diane Bowden and Nina Anders and they talked about uh, the process you go through when getting rid of sentimental items. They also talk about how sentimental items are probably not the first place you want to start when you want to declutter your home. You definitely are going to have a harder, slower process when you get to the sentimental items. So that should be the last thing you tackle when you're organizing your home. So we're going to start with some of the things that Diane Bowden says about um, organizing, I mean, uh, decluttering your sentimental items. And we're just going to talk about some of the hardest things to declutter that are sentimental and uh, why they're hard. But Diane is from the Minimalist mom's podcast and um and she does feel like the sentimental items are the trickier areas to declutter by far um she says like i just said earlier don't start there she she suggests either starting in a bathroom or i've heard uh, organizer say start in the kitchen because those are the two areas that you're not really going to have a lot of sentimental attachment to those items um, although if you're in the kitchen it might have a few more items than the bathroom that might have been grandma's mixing bowl or or something like that but you get the 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 gist the least sentimental items are probably going to be the bathroom and the kitchen so it's not the things that have heavy emotional attachment to them uh, people that are maybe getting their feet wet with decluttering or don't really know where to start it's not the things that have the heavy emotional attachment to them start with the broken items or the items that are no longer useful, those are gonna give you uh, a little bit of a, it's, you, you're starting to exercise that muscle, you're breaking the, um, you're just breaking through there and getting rid of some stuff and you're gonna see how much space you have and you're gonna feel like you are winning in the decluttering race a little bit and then once you've got uh, it down on the decluttering then you can start with the sentimental items you get those easy small wins and you can build up to those things that might be a little bit more tough to declutter um, and one of the hard things to declutter is when you have the death of a loved one and you have those items because you always feel like your memory is tied to the item. Well, she says you're still going to have the memories even if you get rid of those items. Maybe take a picture of them 
and put them in a scrapbook so you can look at those items and remember your loved ones. Or if there's a set, maybe just hold on to one item in the set and let go of the rest. She says, it's not the memory that you're getting rid of. You have the memory. You're not getting rid of the memory. The object is a tangible representation of the memory. Maybe keep a few pieces. Uh, maybe let's use jewelry as an example. Maybe keep a few pieces that you uh, are going to wear or maybe let your daughter, if you have a daughter, pick out some pieces. But you don't have to keep every single piece of jewelry uh, from your loved one that has passed away. Um, and she says, you know, you can make a collage in your scrapbook of all the items that you took a picture of from a loved one that passed away that you want to remember those items but you don't want to hold on to them and um, she talks about a lot of times we don't want to let go of those items because we haven't really dealt with the grief or the fact that they really are gone there are other emotional things behind keeping the items when a loved one has passed away. She says, I feel like sometimes it feels like you don't want to accept the fact that these people are gone and you just want to keep everything of theirs. Another thing is it's really hard for moms in particular to get rid of baby items. Sometimes you have to go through the emotions. But if I go downstairs, she says that when she goes downstairs and goes through the baby clothes, for some reason, the first time she goes through it seems really overwhelming. But then if she goes back down a second time and a third time, each time becomes a little bit easier. You've let go of a few things and you've held on to a few things. But the more you go through the box, the more you come to realize that you don't need everything in the box and you will let go of more and more things each time you go through it. Um, also, she says, think, I think that they don't realize the weight of the thing, which actually is again, tangible physical represent representation of something else that's going on in your mind, something. Like, you're mourning the loss of now you don't have babies anymore and your kids are growing up. So go ahead and cry and go through the emotions. It's important to go through the emotions. She said, I went through my phone and I'm like, do I have a picture of her in this outfit? Or if I... Or do I have a picture of someone using this item or sitting at this table? You know, those are also pictures. If you already have pictures with those items in it, those are also uh, even better than just taking a picture of the item and putting it in a scrapbook. But both work. But it's really tough. And like she, uh, I said, when I set the boundaries on myself, I come back to it usually there's less of an attachment. The more you come and try to declutter, the less attached you become. If everything is your favorite, then nothing is your favorite. 
you can have a favorite in each category, let's say of your baby items, maybe one bottle, maybe one t-shirt, maybe one church outfit, you know, keep one thing in each category, but just don't keep all the things. All right. And all right. She also says, who's going to want, she talks about Swedish death cleaning. And uh, I did listen to a little bit of that on her podcast about Swedish death uh, cleanings. And that talks about, you know, all those items that you save for your children or your grandchildren, um, all those things that you keep in your life are going to be passed down to your children when you um, pass away. I know it's, this is probably sounds like a morbid subject, but we've all seen the memes where the man opens up his garage and it's full from the top to the bottom. And he says, this will all your, be yours someday. Um, and the person that he's saying that to, his son or his daughter, is just like, oh, overwhelmed. That's a whole garage full of stuff that he's now thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. If, you're, if you give all of that to me, I don't even know what I will do with it because it's a whole garage full. Um, so she says, who's going to want the items after you're gone do we want to bury our loved ones with that and again that's kind of morbid we don't like to think about that but again i feel like decluttering has way more depth to it than people originally think from the get-go um i was she said she was starting to do what that because i am kind of sentimental she um wanted to keep all the Christmas cards and she started keeping them on a ring so she could go through them the next year. But then she said, well, why? Why am I keeping all the Christmas cards? Why am I keeping all the graduation cards um, from when I graduated and now I'm married and I have children? Um, why am I keeping um, all the photos of every person that is no longer even in my life anymore. These are people I knew uh, maybe a year or two um, and then I've lost, you know, contact with them. Why are we keeping all of those pictures? And she says, I think another category that people find a little bit hard is when you have a gift that someone gave you and Maybe they made it. It was special in some way and you don't use it anymore. Yes, that is a tough one. She says, that's a tough one. I can think of anyone in my life like, I can't think of anyone in my life that will come over and be like, where's that gift or, or yours? that I got you, so that's a fortunate thing. But if you're talking about something that grandma made for you, maybe get a picture of your child in that item. Say, say thanks, grandma. And then maybe a week later or a month, I say give it a year, <laughs> then you can get rid of it and wear it to the next event that grandma's gonna be at or if grandma comes over, wear it that day. I mean, wear it, take a picture of it, wear it when she comes over, 
Um, and then after a year, if you no longer want it, then let it go. Or, you know, you know, it just depends on how, how much you're going to see the person and how upset or sad that they might be if they found out you got rid of it. Um, she, Diane says, I think at this point, most people know that I'm trying to pursue a life with less. And so I've had to have those conversations, but there are still those people that want to gift you in abundance. And again, it's just kind of like veering them in the direction of where we're prior prioritizing experiences over things like we're not prioritizing these things yes my husband uh, and I are empty nesters and we have now started um, saving our money for experiences more than gifts because at this point in our life and as you can see in my craft room I have everything I want or need uh, and if it's something that I need then I just purchase it so, uh, experiences just have so much more of a memory tied to it than gifts. Uh, so if we are thinking of gifts to give people, or even sometimes people will ask like, Hey, what would be a good thing? What are some of the favorite gifts that maybe weren't so much things to receive? And, uh, you know, that question was asked of her off the top of her head and so she was able to say some things like lunch lunch with grandma you know passes to different uh parks uh and recreational parks sleepovers special things like that but um you know as far as parents go taking vacations um places can be gifts just as well um, but Diana says, I just feel like when my kids have had far too many things, it makes it so much harder for them to play and hone in on what it is that they really want. Uh, but when they have fewer things, when we go through and really declutter and she rotates toys, we talked about that a, a couple of podcasts, uh, last week in a podcast about toy rotation. She's a believer in toy rotation. She feels like they pay so much, uh, they play so much better when they have less toys in their room. And it makes cleanup so much easier for the kids. They're not overwhelmed. Even if they do pull everything out, they can put things up really quickly and easily. And even when it comes to times in my life where we did open physical gifts, if I think back to my childhood, I couldn't tell you what gifts I opened, but I remember the experience of the stockings and the certain things we always had in the stockings, which were, in my case, we had oranges, apples, and bananas, and chocolates, and nuts, and we had all of those, and that was a tradition. And even as an adult, I still remember those traditions and I still love those. Can I always buy bananas and oranges and apples and all of those things? Yes, but I always loved finding those in my stockings. I'm not sure why, but that's a really sentimental thing for me. And I just remember the experience. I think that's really 
and that's really true. Um, or it's like when you go um, on a little vacation and you stay in a little rinky-dink hotel, but your kids really remember the swimming pool. It wasn't really anything special, but to the kids, there was a swimming pool. That was special. And they got to spend time around the pool with their parents, um, no matter where they were at or what they were doing at that little rinky-dink hotel. So kids really remember what you do with your kids more than what you give your kids. All right, so now I'm going to give a little review of some of the things Diana Bowden went over, and then we're going to talk about, uh, uh, real quickly, we're going to talk about um, this other person here. Oh, Nina Anders, and what she says about sentimental items. So Diane Bowden of Minimalist Moms Podcast she says, start with the bathroom when decluttering, uh, since it usually has few sentimental objects. And she says, sentimentality is an emotion. It's not rational. It's not helpful. Work through it and don't feel like there's something wrong with you because you're struggling to get rid of things. If you begin by getting easy, small wins under your belt, you can build up to those things that might be a little bit more challenging to declutter. Get rid of the stuff that's broken that you know that you're not going to use, that you don't want. Those are easy wins. Uh, it's okay to cry. That's part of the process and can actually be healthy for you. Objects are only tangible representations of memories. Getting rid of an object is not getting rid of the memory. Recognize that dealing with sentimental items will be tough, but sorting through emotions is necessary. And it's part of the grieving process if it's someone who has passed away. If the emotions aren't dealt with while you're, you declutter, they will still need to be dealt with at some point. So saving a few special items highlights their value. If everything is kept as favorite, then nothing is really special. Set yourself a timeline that allows space for reflection. Sometimes coming back to a project is necessary to process the emotions. And like I said, you know, the more you come back, you feel a little more less detached you feel a little more detached and you can let go of things when you've come back to it a few times. Use a few inherited items instead of keeping them all. For example, select a few pieces of a parent's jewelry to wear and pass down to a loved one, uh, pass down while disposing of the rest. Take a picture of each item that you dispose of and put it in your yearly scrapbook. You can make them into a collage. Alternately, alternatively, if I can say that word, take photos that you can post on Instagram or use to create chat books. Promote less clutter by letting others know you are pursuing a minimalist lifestyle 
ask for gifts of memberships or experiences instead of stuff. All right, so now this next person, Nina Anders, here's some stuff that I got in my, I wrote down in my notes. She says, when we keep things for the right reason, they become a blessing in our lives. When we keep things out of guilt or after they are no longer useful, things pile up and crowd our hearts and our homes. What we tell ourselves are, we may need it in the future. It might be worth something someday. It represents our love and memory of a loved one. But we should keep things that are useful, meaningful, or loved. These items should be used and enjoyed. Make sure it has a sacred place in our home, not packed up in a box or somewhere just collecting dust. Never out of never keep anything out of guilt or obligation. All right, those were from my notes, but let's uh, do a little review. It says, it's hard to let go of sentimental items. Nina helps people decide what to keep, what we can repurpose, and how to let go of some of our sentimental pieces. She says, create a memory box to contain special items. This will help you prioritize the things you cherish most because you find a box that is a good size and, when, and don't overflow it with stuff. If it starts to get full or overflow, then you need to take some things out before you put other things in. Make that one box the limit on your items. Nina Anders says, I found that by letting go of some things and keeping the things that I really loved, I created a life for myself and my family that is filled with love and joy. While we placed value on collecting china and keeping the chair grandpa made, we have to realize the younger generation is much more focused on experiences rather than things. So it may not be something you can pass down to your children. It may not be something that they want. It may be easier to let an item go if we consider how many reminders of them we already have. If you get the sense that a family member is not interested in what you are trying to give them, don't put pressure on them to take it. Consider giving your items to a loved one now. Sometimes after you pass, those items never make it to the one who wanted it in the first place. So let them enjoy it now. If an item's perceived value is keeping you from letting it go, take the time to look up its value or have it appraised. Sometimes we can gift items to another member of the family who will appreciate the items. When sorting, sort out the easy yes and no items first. Spend some time on the maybe items. You can put those in a box, date them, and if you don't ever come back to that box, those items are a must, most likely no 
items that you can give to charity. Now that's how I go into people's homes. We just go through real quickly and say yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Then when it comes to the maybes, we always set those things aside. The yes and maybes we set aside. And then as we tackle the yes items, and put those in place where they go, then the last thing we do is go back through those maybe items and make decisions. Because usually those maybe items are somewhat sentimental more than anything else. Or you're just, there's a fear of um, needing it someday uh, attached to it. Now take photos of items and make a scrapbook, including a story about the item. Then you can get rid of some of or all of the items. And um, so that was two different takes. One is from a younger woman and one is from an older woman. So um, they both have similarities, but they have some differences because one still has little kids and the other does not. But those, I hope that information is very helpful to you. And I will see you on the next podcast. Thank you for watching.